Rugby Coach Weekly Podcasts presents Coaching Laid Bare with Lisa Bird Burgess and LJ Lewis. We're starting off in our very first um, podcast um, with LJ Lewis, who's going to be hosting the show with me. And also this week's guest we got, we're delighted to have with us, Sophie Spence. So LJ and Sophie, do you want to just say a little bit about yourselves? Yeah, thanks, Bird. Um, well, obviously, me, myself and you worked together for a couple of seasons, or three seasons at uh, Gloucester Hartbury. Um, I was actually at Gloucester for, well, Hartbury for five years before, um, obviously, TP15s came in. I ran the Junior Academy there. Um, before that, I coached at Bristol, and before the Southwest, I'm actually from Leicester myself, so a Tigers fan, where rugby's real. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of that in Wales. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> um, and now we, we've moved as a family um, to London, and I'm now working at Wasps uh, under Giselle, so um, I'm having a, a great time there. First season, obviously, slight, slight end of the season has been different uh, so we're having to adapt on our feet which is a great challenge but yeah that's where I'm at right now my coaching journey uh, still in the TP15s at Wasps as it stands. Brilliant I'm sure Giselle is keeping you right in check there LJ. Yes she is. <laughs> <laughs> and Soph how are we doing Soph? Not too bad not too bad. Just to you come back from an epic bike ride today is it 30k? Yeah Oof. I've never been an endurance um, athlete so uh, <laughs> it's new to me. Um, yeah, so um, I retired in 2018 now. So um, and Bird obviously met you through the Barbarians. Um, was the one of the lucky ones to to put on a shirt. So really enjoyed that. Um, but I played for Ireland for six seasons, um, two World Cups, um, and a Grand Slam. So joyous times. Um, and through that time period, um. I actually started coaching with Leinster Rugby um, and then was development officer within DCU Rugby, one of the universities over there for three years, heading up the men's and women's programme. Um, I had, I spoke to you in the last podcast, I had a, an out there idea where I um, was trying to get funding to be the first Irish um, women's university to basically get talented female rugby players there. So there'd be a hub to feed into the Irish system. Um, unfortunately, funding where as we know in women's sport is difficult to get um and that didn't come about but um I pushed on and started my own um rugby business for girls um Spence Rugby Academy and did that over the course of four years um and hopefully after lockdown's over I'll get to go back over um and now I'm over in Wales and coaching Penclough men's team in the first division wow and if you need a better coaching resume than that that's going to be hard to find it's, it's absolutely brilliant you guys both of you um you know just doing a fantastic job there for women's and men's rugby and i'm really excited to be chatting to you in some technical detail tonight um or maybe not um about some of the questions that have been posed to us and tonight's questions have been posed by dan cottrell who's one of the editors of rugby coach weekly um so um we're just going to start and we're going to see how this goes so the first question dan has, has said to us is how do we make contact training Realistic. LJ, I'm going to fire that one over to you first of all. 
Um, <clears throat> I know there's a bit of a follow-on question to this too. So just jumping the gun slightly. And I kind of put the two together a little bit. So um, how much tackle training would you do opposed to kind of a defensive system? But the both both of them kind of fit together for me. And my first question that came up was, what, what does defence mean to you? Um, obviously, defence is quite uh, a lot about mindset. So how, how much your players are up for it. And I suppose if you've got your own idea of what that means to you, that's how you would then get across to them. So that's why I felt the two came together because then that would kind of come out in your, your training. Um, so my first point would be how can you relate this to a story, uh, like potentially paint a picture or take your players on a journey. And that would probably be the, the starting point because actually – that's quite easy to do. You haven't got to go bone on bone to do that. So if you're worried about the ability of your players or the, their kind of capacity to deal with the collision aspect at that point, it's a really good starting point. And then from there, what's the one thing that would make your players better? Would it be the tackle? Would it be communicating, work rate, uh, spacing, connection? Obviously, there's a whole list of things there. So that's kind of where I started. Uh, like I say, sorry, I jumped the gun with putting the two together, but that's where it formulated for me. Um, and then the final part would be, so then how will you make this better? So what will then that look like? So what will that contact training look like? You know, how much yeah. time will you be able to spend on it? Will it be bone on bone? Will it be pads? Will it be controlled? But then it has to go into a live aspect. So I don't know. There's not a, yeah, a definite it's, it's answer. Got, I think it's a lot of information there, isn't it? And um, I think one of the things I think Dan was um, trying to get across then in that question was was how do we make it realistic? Kind of using the like the pads, the tackle suits, and also the um, you know the safety element in mind. I mean, and so just coming at any point. So I, I, LG and I are chatting away here, but um, one of the big things, obviously, from us working in the Tyrrells, like Premiership, obviously, Soph, you working with the men, is that it's getting across especially those those young kids those safety aspects and and that is where we need those pads and tackle suits um to get that technical detail across them so i think as well alj when you touched on like defense is a mindset like when i went into the irish setup the first thing like i was still so raw as a player and not having much knowledge about the game at all so everything i was like a sponge absorbing things and the first well one of the first sessions i remember goose saying do you know defense wins games and we repeatedly did defence, defence, defence for weeks to get up to scratch. And then we'd focus on our attack. Um, you know, you're not wanting people to run through holes if you've got that defensive system. And I know it's jumping on the next question, but yeah. um, it is completely a mindset. I think as a player, um, I was more of an attacking player, loved running through people. But having that mindset, you have to gear yourself up, not just to make sure that you've, you've you know, you, you've got that tackle, but also in the fact of injury prevention. Um, and I think one thing about training um, and going into contact as well is that if you're not 100 percent there, that's when injuries creep in. Um, and I, I, used, I remember, you know, the weekend before Six Nations started um, and it was my first it was my first year in camp. And it was literally, it was hell for leather, going with pads, tack, um, um, tackle suits and things. But then it was full contact. And I remember going, oh my God, this is, this is carnage. Do you know, it was like the last hour session before we actually got presented with who was going to go into camp. And um, literally one big injury, our 10 got injured. And the, and the thing was, it, in my mind, I just remember going, oh God, 
do I want to do I want to catch the ball do I want to make that tackle but if you're not there there's going to be injuries do you know um so I think the biggest thing is if whether it's full contact or whether it's tackles shields and what have you the player has to be 100% ready um mentally as well as physically and I think absolutely 100% agree and I think actually building up to that rather than coaches just going straight in to do contact training it's like building up from that bottom level up you know doing the contact first of all like you know wrestling grappling each other on the ground just to make that contact to get your mindset right because I know as a coach you know I've been involved sometimes delivering drills um, you know when other coaches been delivering a drill if you haven't got the girls up to that right mindset level before they're actually going to do contact training I don't know what you guys have found but it can fall apart you can fall yeah. flat on your face if that if you do, they don't have that mindset and that attitude to go into it because it is you know is actually putting your body on the line and making that physical contact I don't know and I think that's where if you have like a you know a story or a picture that you're trying to relate to whenever you go into your uh, defense training contact training whatever you want to call it you could that can be your start point you know it might be that you've painted that picture for the players at the start of pre-season or even halfway through the season because you thought actually we're not getting it here and then when you go out and you're doing it on the field you can have kind of connections with that picture which will treat like be the change in their mind um i think also the build-up is really important bird like i know we've been at a number of sessions together where we've thought the players aren't up for this or you know a you as a coach have got to be up for it a little bit to get the energy into them and then I think it's how you build it up so some low level collision stuff to start with and you know you could spend six weeks building up to you know pre-season might be the best time for that but you could spend six weeks building up to a full smash session really yeah. um, you don't have to go bone on bone every session or that much um, even at the top end of the game I do think you have to go bone on bone on bone at some point you do have to go bone on bone at some point but the injury element obviously is a always a worry in the back of the mind so you've got to find ways of actually can I still get that picture across to them but maybe we've gone off our knees so we start on our knees speed to feet get around the corner we get set then it's about line speed like just something you know off my head so that you start the tackle on its knees or you start from a uh, you know you're already touching each other and it's just can one of you stay up can one of you get down and then the game starts you know those kind of things um and then I also do think the suits I do think suits are good they are um, quite, I know I don't players know. don't always like them do quite, they no quite a lot of players actually hate I don't, them. I don't know yeah. so what, yeah. what? I, I'd be one of those I never I was never fond of a suit yeah. um, pads you know like they can be annoying in terms of trying to run around with them and things but in terms of suits trying to lug a suit around and pick yeah. yourself back up you know it's um yeah. a bit of a Michelin man really aren't you um yeah. but yeah I like I I use pads in terms of I think they're effective enough and like I like what you're saying LJ about a story like I'd say about painting the picture um do you know if we, and if we've got a blank blank canvas of what we actually want to do and I think you're dead on there in terms of we don't have to go full collision bone on bone, but we do have to have that time period where we do get that contact. Um, so player, you've got to be realistic, don't you? They have to feel what it's going to feel like and the, the intensity, the build up to it and what, a, you know, what if you're, whether you're tackling for the feet, whether you're going for the knees, if it's, you know, going to be um, holding the player up, how do we actually combat that as a team, do you know? Um, but yeah, yeah, and like I know most, you know, I know Bird. We've been at sessions where players are literally throwing the suit back at us, and oh, yeah. 
it's a time and place with the suit, isn't it? Because if it's a 15 on 15, one team's in suits, one team's not, the team in suits gets annoyed, then you yeah. lose the emphasis. So I like suits for maybe uh, changing the picture at a breakdown. So depending on what you're trying to do there, because obviously you've got the hands, doesn't mean you don't have pads maybe as well. Um, or if it's a real tight collision game and you want, like I said, the hands part, maybe you worked on the grip for your tackle. Um, so... Yeah, if you've got a player hat on, you might be like, I hate them. But I do think they are, they've are they got a purpose as a coach, as well as pads, as well as a tackle, uh, you know, like the sausage rolls. You can get them big, yeah. you can get them short. You know, I think everything has a place. It's just how you use it. And you've got, like, you can't shy away from doing some bone on bone, but it's got mm-hmm. to be at the right point. And are your players ready for it? You know, you may have planned for a bone on bone session. And what if you turn up and actually it's just not right that tonight you just get that feeling sometimes you know you can sense the mood of the group yeah maybe you've got to change what you're doing yeah I I, exactly that I was just going to say like it's if if your players and like we've said it's about mindset and if your players aren't there at that point for whatever reason it is it is about being as a coach being adaptable Mm. and saying right okay this isn't working how are we going to change this to make sure that we can actually get the same outcome what we want to do but maybe in a, just in a different way yeah yeah there's some great um, points you've made there both of you guys really good sorry else do you want to say something else no no sure yeah um, <laughs> i know you like to chat out i know you like to chat. Um, yeah i know but i, I get going the, the big point from that is you know there is a place for the, the, the tackle pads the suits you know and especially in terms of safety and also controlling and changing that picture like you said else um and uh, you know that, that's brilliant advice there from the and that leads nicely now into the next question um which dan has posed for us which is about um tackle training versus defensive systems um, have we got the right balance for that um, in our in in sessions in our coaching sessions? So, do you want to start us off on that one? Yeah. Um, again, like a, you know, we talk about tackling things, and you probably, I think, best best time and season is if you're going to go through preseason in terms of, you know, you're going through the basics to set up your defence, your attack, and um, I, I look at the team that I'm with now and. Um, I think I said you before, but like in terms of trying to teach some of them how to pass, because in terms of like in youth rugby, when they've done it, they haven't actually been, you know, taught the basic skills. So yeah. depending on who you've got in your team, and even though we're Division One, I've still got some lads who are completely new and quite raw to the game, um, and it's trying to actually get that balance of well, they can't actually come into a, you know, a, a, a defensive um, system. You know, if if we're going to go contact wise, or if you're trying to bring them along in terms of lads who've been playing for years and know know what the systems actually are, and it's getting that right balance. But in terms of, I suppose, when you go and tackle technique, how much can you actually do it? Do you do you go on your knees and do the basics, like the kind of softer stuff, to get people used to it? Um, but again, what, sorry, sorry to come in there because one of the when I was working with the, the boys, the under 16s dragons, they used to call it housekeeping. So every session for five minutes or six minutes used to be interspersed with like tackle training, footwork mm-hmm. drills, catch pass, and, and interspersed with into a five minute game, then back into a drill. And that was done at the start of every session. So, you know, the things like those soft skills there, it was repetition, repetition yeah. every time they had a session. And that, that proved to be really, I, I found that a really good productive way of getting those skills across. Because when you're looking at tackle training versus defensive system, it's about getting that knowledge across to the players about 
what the defensive system is. Mm. Once you've got the line speed, et cetera, on that, can you make that tackle? Mm. You know, two into the tackle, what happens to those two? There's a lot of information to get across the players mm. there, isn't it? So, so yeah. it has to be carefully broken down. So, yeah, you know, just, just throwing that in there. And I'll try yeah, to... <clears throat> yeah, yeah I, um, my biggest lesson, um, so talking about a system opposed to the actual skill like the to the tackle so do we have a defensive system or a tackle when I um, worked with the junior under 18s at Hartbury obviously I was really privileged I got to work with them every single day because of the nature of the program however the biggest thing was is there's no point in me giving them a system if actually the person next to you can't make the tackle because there's there's just no point (laughs) so being really hot on getting like catch pass tackle whatever you deem to be like you just said bird housekeeping whatever core yeah. skills whatever word you want to use um so i definitely think the tackle is the first part and then it's you know you don't even need to you know it depends how long you've got with your players if you've got two hours a week if you can make them really good individual tacklers and then you can start to get them to connect with each other mm. You're probably going to beat most people, you know. Mm. If everybody can get in front of the person with the ball and make a hit, what that, else that, you need? That, comes you know, down, that might be. Yeah, sorry, I'll just. Talk no, no. But that comes down to defence, doesn't it? It's that trusting your inside person, that communication with the outside person, everybody looking up and scanning. You know, it's it's all about those different features, and you you can break it down quite nicely. But I suppose it's how you get that um, balance between tackle training and, and D. Soph, do you want to add anything? Yeah, onto like defence is a skill in itself, isn't it? And like I was never the lover of defense. Obviously I had to do it, you know, but um, it wasn't, I would, I'd prefer to attack, but knowing the basic principles of what, what our defense structure actually was, if you knew it, you know, you could hunt on the inside and push that play out. But the biggest thing for me that I took from it was communication. So obviously if yeah. you know how to tackle and you've got that, that basic, but communication has to be everything if I know that I've got a winger outside me no way do I want them pushing out and and hunting for someone if I if I can't bridge that gap um and I think in terms of defensive systems like people have to be confident enough they may know the system if coaches trying to put in place but if they can't actually communicate effectively it's yeah. all going to break down isn't it um and that's that's going to jump in there again because some of the teams that I've worked with and coached um they're quite quiet and you talk to them. I mean, one of the things I remember, I went to one World Cup and it was in Holland and um, the, the New Zealand team, we went to watch one of their training sessions and the noise, the sessions were short, sharp, 40 minutes, bang. But the noise, the chat, the power, the intensity that came from those players was phenomenal. And then, you know, took that back and went to watch another country training and it was just completely different. It was quieter. You know, and it was it was so marked, and and their defensive system, their aggression, their attitude, their continual chat was something that you know, trying to get teams to do that, you know, it's difficult, can be difficult yeah. sometimes. Yeah, I agree with but, you. Um, but yeah, that, that always stood out to me that chat, that communication, and and you're right, communication, trust in defence is crucial. Mm. And one thing a lot I of that. Been, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. So one one thing I've been trying to drum drum in with the lads and like I say because I was gone from January so I did kind of half a season with the lads was you know like trying to bring up the communication because I found it so um so different coaching men than women um you know women love to talk and ask questions and I like even I mean the majority of coaches I've had have been men and um as different men come into the roles they almost are offended by women asking questions you know as a player and you're saying well it's not, I'm not challenging you. I, I want to know because I want to be better. 
um, why. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. I want to know why so I can understand and I can actually do what you want yeah. me to do. And whereas I've gone into the guys team and I'm going, oh my God, these guys are silent. Um, and I'm working with another coach and he's like, right, let's just do this. And I'm like, should we do a demo? So these guys are blank. I know that they have no idea what's going on. Do you know? And I'm like, let's do a demo. And then they do the demo wrong. And I'm like, I knew they didn't have a clue. Do you know what was going on? Mm. But they're not used, I suppose they're not used to the environment of ask, ask questions as such. That It's more of a, yeah. I tell, you do. And if you're doing it wrong, how do we rectify it? So let's, I suppose, put things in place beforehand to, I suppose, cut out that lost time, really, do you know? Yeah, yeah. And no. straight away, in our, just in our chat, we've probably nailed down what's really important. So your players need to be able to tackle. So you can work on that possibly every session because you don't yeah. have to go full smash. There's loads of ways you can work at your tackle. Yeah. And then the second one is communication. Well, you're probably going to say that about your attack as well. Yeah. So you're going to work on communication all the time. Yeah. So straight away, two things that actually you could touch on probably every session, even if you only have two hours a week. Yeah. Um, and there you go. There's your tackle and system sorted. Boom. It's not going to happen, over, happen overnight. Yeah. But if you have it in every session for six weeks, you'll see something change. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. And that could be your way of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. No, good. We point. just solved it, girls. We see it. We've done it. We've done it. Whoa! Easy. What was that? Thirty minutes. <laughs> Thirty minutes. So brings me on to question number three from Dan. So guys, we'll fire this. We'll, we'll each have a go answering this. But what's the best way to end each training session before game day? Who wants to have a go with that one first? Shall I start this one? Yeah, go go for yeah, it. Yeah, you go. So um. I, what's the best way of ending? It's always a difficult one because sometimes I know I know myself as a player and, and certainly when you're coaching, if you've had a, you know, a really bad training session where the ball's been dropped, you know, the scenarios you set, the team just haven't got it, it's really difficult sometimes to build it up. So so I think, you know, really one of the well, one of the best ways that we, we've always ended it is by doing something, you know, either fun, but coming around in a huddle and just getting that culture right, you know, just chatting through and refocusing on what our game plan is, you know, for the next day, but ending it with a hands in, you know, just to say, look, we're all in this together. And, um, you know, is usually a really good, good way to end that session because sometimes you do have to cut it short if it hasn't gone well. Um, and then other times it goes so well, you think, oh my God, <laughs> let's go with this tomorrow. Yeah. But, you know, I, I like the old huddle, hands in. And, um, you know, at, at Gloucester Harpy, we had one of the Kiwis and they, they do we do a little shimmy, you know, and um, everybody puts their hands in and it's been brilliant and everybody joins in. A bit like, you know, the old clapping songs as well. It's great. Mm. But that's, that's, that's what I find works really well before game day, just to mm. get everyone refocused. Go on then, who's there? Um, I'll go next if you want. Um, I think I'll it always depends. I think it's... I think it depends who you're playing the weekend coming because each team brings a different kind of psychological element to them. Um, and generally, depending on who we're playing and how we played the week before, there'll be a real focus of what we've done that week. So we always try and finish with that. So whether it's been first, second phase, we've really want to nail it, we always make sure we finish with that or it's been some breakdown stuff um, or our edge play, whatever it's been. So you try and finish on that to just remind them this is what we need to see this week. Um, and then we always come together, like, like you've suggested, Bird, try and have a clear message when we finish it, whether that, whether that comes from 
a player um, or or a coach. Kind of that's quite fluid, I suppose, depending on the feel of the the moment. And then we always do a player of the night as well, which I always think is quite nice because even if it's not really gone well, you've got to still think of something about a particular person and something that you thought I'm picking you because of this. Um, and I I quite like that because. Like you said, Bird doesn't always go how you want it to go. No, that's um, a good idea. That's but a really it's nice a nice, idea. yeah. Yeah. So that, I like that. I quite like that. Mm. Yeah. That's it. That's yeah. What, what about um, you? Pretty much the same. Do you know, come together like you say. If, if you've had a poor training session or a good one, do you know you want to finish on positive vibes that you refocus yeah. the mind and you focus on the task and um, ahead. Um, again, talking about what we wanted from the session and what we were, what we're going to do um, in terms of who we're actually playing. Um, you might talk about if we played them previously, you know, and, and if they're fired up based on, it could have been a loss or you know that they're, it's, it's a, um, what do you call it? Um, a derby, local derby, do you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And how they're, how they're actually feeling about it. And I mean, with derbies especially, um, do you know, it's like Ireland versus Wales. You're always geared up for it. Um, <laughs> but it's like, You're right. you know, it's that feeling. So the players kind of speak for themselves as well. But I always kind of like to um, kind of, if the coaches are talk, talking briefly, like not, not make it too long or anything it's yeah. short it's sharp um because i find you just switch off if it's if it's yeah. too long you know be really specific um short sharp but i also like to kind of end on someone who mightn't be the mm-hmm. biggest talker but might be a, a, you know a really strong player and, and, and had a, an effect i suppose on the training that night you know just a, a couple of points from them um and them to kind of finish and we kind of have a squeeze um and that and that's it really but like kind of I suppose giving them a bit of ownership instead of it's not us because we're not going to be on the pitch with you exactly no I love I love that and and uh, we always you know like you say just adding to what you guys have said it's just important you know our captain usually just reinforces as well because again if it goes on too long or you've got too many people yeah it just loses the kind of edge doesn't it yeah and and you don't want to be standing there in a huddle all night long you can't remember what you're actually going to no (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not at all thanks for that guys and that brings us to the last question of this um these these ones Dana set so this is a this is an interesting one how do you tell a player they're dropped and lj you <laughs> send them a text lj said to me earlier <laughs> no i said a memo bird oh a memo sorry, sorry. get it right bird. get it right how do you tell a player they're dropped well, um, there's lots of different scenarios on this, isn't there? Because um, I mean, some of the some of the guys, you guys that are listening out there, you might not even have like you know the joy that we have of a squad. You might just have your bare basic fifteen players, but um, you know. But we've got. <laughs> go on, yeah, go go, <laughs> Sophie, yeah, go on. I, 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 we've had a difficult season because you know sometimes you could have eight to twelve lads training, and you're trying mm-hmm. to call people around to play. And it's almost kind of begging and I can't get over it really because I've, I've never seen this before. And especially I didn't think it would be like that in men's rugby, you know. So it's kind of gone against what I've really wanted to do this season. I wanted real competition and, you know, that people were really scratching for shirts. Um, but in terms of knowing, who, the, the, I suppose the weeks that we've, we've been blessed to have more players, more choice. Um, for me, um, it is about if you can't have that face-to-face contact, I would try that. Um, obviously, if not, a phone call. But I found a, 
quite a bit this season that I don't know if it's a male thing. I'm not sure. Um, you could try and ring them um, and they don't answer and then text you. So <laughs> unfortunately, if that is the way you have to communicate through text, I hate it because I sound so blunt. Um, I, I, I'd much rather pick up the phone to someone and just explain things and, you know, reasons why um, and what I want you to do to put in for next week and things. Um, but I think the, that face-to-face, but I think, you know, in terms of that communication is so important because you want them to come back, you want them to keep coming, you want them to keep fighting and be part of the squad. That's, and, yeah. and again, Sophie, it, and I know Alex, you're blessed to say something there, but it, it depends on that contact, how, how often yeah. you see those players. Like some, some clubs may train on a Tuesday and Thursday, they see them for a couple of hours a night, job done. We're lucky mm. in Tyrols, we get to see our girls a lot more, more clear, you know, more often. But also, you know, it's being clear with that selection policy, isn't it? And, and that face-to-face contact... Especially I find when you're coaching with girls and women, it's like, you know, they need that um, kind of explanation. Yeah, Yeah, 100%. Blokes will almost go, yeah, fine, you know, okay. Well, you know, what do I need to work on? That's cool as well, you know. But, Mm. you know, the the girls sometimes, you know, you have to spend a bit longer showing them, you know, obviously Mm. good practice, you know, going through your analysis, but particularly their own individual analysis to say, this is what I want you to work on. So, that Mm. you know, they've got that chance. And I think, you know, where we're in a lap of luxury, really, where we We've got the opportunity where players can, you know, they've got time to contact us and, and get that feedback, you know, whereas some yeah. coaches don't. So, so, so it's kind of how you do that. Els, go on. I can see both. Yeah, <clears throat> I can relate. <laughs> uh, I can relate with what Sophie's saying because I, a long, long time ago, coached a men's team, and um, yeah, well, we also we had a selection committee. That's how you'd select the the, the squad. Mm-hmm. So it would be the captain and some other people within the club and I I'd never I've never experienced that kind of thing yeah. since I think that happens quite a lot still possibly in the in the club game um but the thing that I found really interesting about that is obviously between us we'd have a, a bit of a debate um and then it would be like well how you, you know they were a bit shy about you can't drop that person because you you then got to tell them do you know what I mean and I'm like well yeah of course you have and that's okay these are the reasons why um but yeah, back to the women's side of it, and obviously that's where I've been working most recently. Um, you got to be really careful what your policy is because women remember everything, as we know. Because <laughs> I remember everything, I know. <laughs> so um, it's really important that um, I think that personable kind of delivery. And I, again, with you guys, much prefer a face to face. Really hard sometimes if that if that player you can't see them face to face. So a phone call, which is really hard because you don't know how they're feeling. Well, they're obviously feeling rubbish, but you can't pick anything up from them. Um, so I always try, if it's a phone call, to be really clear of, uh, have a reason why, because they want to know why, and uh, something to work on yeah. to get back into that position. Um, yeah, it's not an easy message. And sometimes some players get it and are like, I want to start. I appreciate the call. I appreciate you giving me that information and I'm going to take it on board. And some players will go, like they challenge you and they go further and further. Yeah. You can fall down a rabbit hole with them and it's really important that that doesn't happen because you can unravel so much work that you've done with them or that you could do with them going forward. So, um, But the, the face-to-face is the easiest and it's not it's not necessarily that easy if you only see your players once a week for two hours, you know, so... Mm. 
But it's part of, I suppose, it's building a coaching skill set, isn't it? Hello, Patrick. Hello. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Thank you. I know. Those of you that obviously we're on a Zoom call here, but um, <laughs> you guys can't see, but little Patrick just came in. Sorry. An appearance. I just wanted which to say hi. Sorry. Great to see you. Great to see you. <laughs> Excellent. I lost my line of track now. But um, well, is it, hey, who knows? Anyway, maybe Zoom Zoom meetings will be the way forwards when we're giving feedback yeah. to players. You know, do you know what, Ben? That like honestly, that's generally been a conversation we've had. Like, do you use Zoom to a do feedback so everyone gets a face to face for ten minutes post game, and then maybe that's how you have to deliver those messages if you can't get them on a phone call, you know, or see them. Mm. I appreciate if you're working as a volunteer and you only see people for one, you know, two hours a week, that might be more challenging, but then maybe this would be easier for you, you know? Yeah, yeah. To be a way forward, hey? Definitely. And I also think if you're coaching with other coaches as well, to make sure that, you know, if you've got an assistant coach working with you, that everybody's clear on what that feedback to the players are as well, because, yeah. you know, the other thing is sometimes players will go to one coach and get one answer and if they're not happy with that they might go to another coach so it's really important I think as a you know if you're working as part of a coaching team to make sure everybody's clear on what their coaching selection decisions are so that players are really clear on what they need to do to improve to get back into the squad and you know sometimes having those difficult conversations with players is is tough but it's, it's what you have to do because you know being clear with the players is, is the only way they're going to go forward and develop anyway so I don't know if anyone wants to add anything yeah, I, I yeah, think out of that, um, sorry, LJ, is the the policy that you have, it has to be clear. And if it's there, you've got to follow it, do you yeah. know? And if you don't, well, I suppose if you don't as a coach, of course, players are going to challenge you, do you know? So yeah. it's basically being squeaky clean um, to make sure, do you know, that, that, that you're going by the rules. So then you can say, well, look, this is the policy, do you know, whether it's your 10 minute slot or whatever, I'll give you feedback but you've got to come back to me. Um, and I suppose every club's going to be different with that. Yeah. Yeah, and you you have to get that policy right, like I said, because people remember, and you can't be chopping and changing it halfway. So, you know, even if you can't be real, like it's going to be this, this and this, even if it's like a kind of a broader line, just because yeah. that's all you can commit to, at least you've done something, you know what I mean? It's something that you can stick to it. Um, but I think, yeah. <laughs> Players remember what you you say when that phone call comes. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, this player didn't do this, so why? And you'll be like, oh. <laughs> so. But also on that point, Bird, that you said about um, everyone being on the same page, keeping it short and sharp. So, Sophia, obviously with you finishing playing most recently, this might have been something you had to face. If if it's too much, if it, they go on and then you clarify with another coach and the message gets blurred, that's really difficult so yeah, just keep it to one yeah. one reason um yeah. you know very simple thing it could even be you know your application for the game isn't where we need it or you know what i mean it could be something very very simple mm -hmm. um just so those messages between the coaches is real clear too because i know that for a fact we will leave our selection and i'll, I'll always be double checking okay, this is the line I'm going down with this player. Is this right? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to cause that issue for us all because it would be a nightmare to unravel. Mm. So. I, think, I think as well with that, though, like, as a player, you can't change 10 things going into the next week's game. Do you know? So yeah. there's no 
point in actually giving them a long list. If you give them two or three things max that you're saying, look, I want you to work on these, you know, um, going into whether it's the next few weeks um, and see the benefit of that. And, and these are some scenarios of how you can actually, you know, do individual skill sets yourself and then come back into training and things. Because I think as well as uh, like as a coach, you can deliver that message. But players have obviously got to take the onus on themselves as well. So yeah. if you've if yeah. you give them a small set to, to work on, if you're not seeing that change, there you go. You've got your small bank of information that you've given them and you're not going, oh, God, what did I actually say? Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. And I think, I think as well onto that, when you give those, uh, you know, um, you know, the things the players have got to work on, it's really good to build in training sessions, even if it's like 10 minutes prior to a session starting or 15 minutes at the end for those players to have those work on times. I mean, like I say, we're blessed because we're working with that accessibility to players where we see them more often, you know, your club coaches that maybe see players twice a week, that 15 minutes, at the end of training, say if they're working from kicking for hand, you know, kicking to touch, whatever, you know, just as an example or tackle tech, they can do that 10, 15 minutes at the end of a session and you can input on their delivery as well, but it's the player taking the ownership right. and the coach, you know, observing that as well, you know, which is, which is, which is another way for co club coaches to kind of deal with that. I don't know yes. if anyone's got anything to chip in there, but um, those IDP, do you, do you run those with the guys? So uh, time to build time in or. Um, so I suppose I tried to put in, cause it was one of the coaches who stayed um, the season. I didn't want to change too much and step yeah. on anyone's toes. So it was kind of that, okay, feed in, change a couple of things that I can see straight off that needed changing, but not trying to do too much, yeah. um, you know, and not trying to, you know, be, yeah. Um, so basically, basically, like at the start, um, start of the season, I was saying, look, you know, skill set wise, pre-season, we can work on um, basic handling and things like that. But coming out of this, when we have to move on to things, really, you want get out to get out on the pitch, you know, 10, 15 minutes earlier, work on individual skills um, and yeah. take ownership of that. Yeah. Some do, some don't. Um, yeah. Some want more time for us to do it within training sessions, but you've got to move on as well. It's very difficult for us to keep repeating things. Players have to take ownership as well, do you know? And I think yeah. depending on where you want to be as a player, you, you will or you'll choose to or not do that really, 100%, you know? 100%. You can yeah. <clears throat> so go on now, and that comes that comes back down to you knowing the your your group of players the individual so when you are delivering messages like this you know it could be Sophie that you're working with a youngster that you could push it on so actually mm -hmm. you're going to be able to scrutinize them a bit more maybe deliver harsher messages at the right time yes. whereas if it's someone that's just trying to enjoy the game they, they work full-time they've got a family they're yeah. giving up their evening to be there so then maybe you're gonna yeah, you might not be seeing those kind of things. So you have to understand where they sit, but then they also have to understand where the team is. So if you're trying to get promotion for the next league, but your handling's not good enough, mm. if they can't put the time in, you know, but that's all about that message at the start, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you know, yeah. this is our policy and this is the team and where we're going. So that will also help how you deliver if you have to deliver a tough message, I think, mm. because you've already got that kind of groundwork laid so yeah. loving it girls this has been a blast we're actually nearly coming up to our hour on the zoom meet that we're on and yes we can see each other but you guys can't uh, you'll just have to hear us but um <laughs> i hope it's been I, i've really enjoyed this it's been absolutely brilliant actually just chatting through all these um these questions and um 
we, we're trying something out. So LJ's come up with a little something to finish our pods off and uh, our podcast off. So, um, Soph, you're going to have you and I have to be on the job here. LJ, do you want to introduce what it is? Yeah, it's just a quick five. So I'm going to give you two options. Yeah. So there's five questions, very quick. Two options. You've got to pick one or the other. No thinking. Okay. We both shout out what you think and we'll move on to the next one. You ready? Ready. Let's go. Tea or coffee? Coffee. coffee. Oh, yes, coffee. <laughs> uh, ski or beach? Ski. Oh, nice. Beach. I'd be with you, Sophie. <laughs> yeah, I, I um, <laughs> No, you're skiing, bird. Stay there. Um, Trump or Boris? Oh. God. <laughs> None of them. Go pick one. Come on. Oh, who's got Quick. the best hair? Oh, Boris. Boris. Yeah. Hey. Oh. <laughs> Uh, Awful question. <laughs> pick a mix or ice cream. What'd you say? Pick a pick a mix or ice cream. Ice cream. Ice cream. <laughs> and final one: forwards or backs? Forwards. Forwards. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're all on the same page at the end. <laughs> loving it, loving it. Oh, we'll be coming for a coffee very soon, Sophie. That's for look sure. Look forward to it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Wait to get down to your cafe. That'd be amazing. But um, right, thank you both, guys. Thank you so much. Um, if you guys out there want to hear more or send in some questions for us to talk about, just visit rugbycoachweekly.net and click on the podcast button to visit the women's sections. Um, thank you all for listening. Um, cheers, LJ. Cheers, Sophie. Cheers, Bird. Cheers, Sophie. Thank you. Thank you, guys. And we'll catch up with you soon. Cheers.